Welcome back to Fright Central. I'm Doc, back here again with Keck after a long month's absence of, uh, you know, shitty work schedules and then uh, alternating vacations, but uh, we are back. It wasn't really a vacation per se, but I mean, it was good to get out for a while. Yeah. It was definitely good to get out. That's good. Definitely uh, good to get out. I saw the fucking Northern Lights, man. Like, apparently, like, it was, like, they said it was some of the best lights that they've ever seen in the skies of Montana. Like, usually it's more, like, Canadian, I think, Alaska and stuff. But, like, apparently, like, the old-timers told us that, like, out of all the times that they had seen this, this was probably the clearest they had ever seen it. And it was just, like, totally random that we happened to be there at that time. So it was a heady experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, you, we got back just in time for them to uh, end the writer's strike and they yeah. ratified it uh, yesterday as well on Monday the uh, 9th. Yeah, so. good omens, man. <laughs> Maybe it was the Roar Boreas that did it. I butchered that. Uh, the pronunciation, the Aurora Boliatis? I still don't know if I'm saying it right, but, you know, maybe that's what did it. Maybe that's what <laughs> <inspired>. <laughs> It was right around that time. I think it was like, no, it was actually a few days afterwards, but I don't know. But the good news is, yeah, the strike has come to an end, and you said it was cemented yesterday. Yes. So, like, the terms have been, like, now signed in to law, if you will. Yes, with a uh, 99% uh, vote on that after 150 days of, of walking out. So, yeah, it's it's been a, a long-ass time. And, like, uh, reading over, like, the details, I feel like a lot of, even though, like, there was a lot of, like, producers saying, like, oh, like, they're asking for too much. I feel like what they ended up getting was pretty much, like, something they could have, you know, worked out, like, on day one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, well, we had speculated when we spoke a little bit yesterday about the, like, external factors that might have, like, come into play, too. Like, outside actors, whether or not it was in bad faith or not, you know, fucking people with their goddamn, like, you know, social networking and uh, nighttime meds, if you will, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, nighttime meds or, you know, somebody seeing something, a writer post it. And then like, you know, a producer who's sitting there in this fucking mansion, sipping scotch, like suddenly they have a platform to just, ah, like, you know, in seconds. And, you know, once it's out there for like, you know, like 15, 20 minutes, it's you can never take it back. Like, you know, once it's out there for a minute or two, you can't take it back. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, you just have all these different bully pulpits. I mean, I, you know, so, but yeah, I know what you mean. This shit should never have gone on as long as it did. Yeah. I mean, there was also a lot of fucking the uh, producers guild, just not even like trying to come to the table immediately it, it felt like it took a month before they were like oh, okay now we'll start negotiating you know what i mean it was just yeah like, it seemed like silence for a, a long ass time and then just like shit talking 
Yeah, well, initially, it seems like they were just trying to be like, all right, we're going to call their bluff. Like, you know, they want to do this. We're just going to not do anything. Like, you know, I mean, at that time, it was still like, what? It was still, when did the strike start? Do you remember the starting date? All right. So, you know, we're not even in the summer yet. So they figure like, all right, you know, we could sweat them for a little while. Like as long as like the fall lineup isn't in jeopardy, like, you know, it'll be all right. Well, yeah, uh, the fall lineup came into jeopardy. (laughs) We'll go out out and cut the treetops down so they don't have any shade (laughs) during their strike. And like, yeah, it was just a giant pissing contest. Like, you know what I mean? And on one, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a bleeding heart, like all on the side of the writers, but I kind of was like, you know, I mean, it was them asking for, you know, something that I believe that they were fully deserved. And on the other side, it was just, it seemed like it was just all bad faith. Like they never, they they seemed, I don't know if they thought that they had like this position of power and authority over them. Like, you know, they were these like uh, huge overlords, like that were able to like, just press out and then be like, how dare you question us or something like that, you know, but it turns out that that really wasn't the case. Like the writers were in it for the long haul. And, uh, I think, I mean, if you were going to, I mean, there's winners and losers on both sides because look, those people were out a month for, what'd you say? 150 some odd days. So, you know, this, each side took like extreme losses. I think when we calculate everything out, it's going to be them that like were the main losers because of the revenue that they lost with all the outage time. Like, you know, can, when you take into consideration projects that like have been pushed back, maybe even years, like I think they're going to suffer the most long-term if you look at it just in terms of revenue. Yeah. Remember well back during the summer, like I think it was like David Zasloff of that, uh, Ever at uh, Max uh, WB, he was like, "Oh, this uh, strike is saving us like a hundred million dollars." And, and, and then, like, and then a couple months later, they're like, "Oh, uh, actually, we've lost about two hundred million so far." <laughs> like, what was yeah, the like, last writer strike? Like, I think was one point two. No, it was more than that. It was over two billion. I think because they had to like retroactively like basically look back at it because you can't really calculate it until enough time has passed where you're able to run the numbers as to like what we had gained the year before. So it's going to still take them like a year or two to get the full picture of like the economic impact. Yeah. yeah I was just talking about one company. But yeah. This is just one yeah. company. Like, like so I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, the writers like they obviously were hurt out of work for a while but like i mean the production companies like they're probably i mean if the last strike cost between i think it was between two and three billion or three and four but i mean <sighs> that was when was the last writer's strike that was back in i think something like that so yeah 
Yeah, I mean, with the amount of money and all the streaming services now, shit. I mean, we're not going to know. I mean, we can only speculate with the losses. Yeah, and we can only speculate how much it's affected, like, uh, seasons. Yeah, exactly. At at this point, it's all speculation. We're talking out of our asses, but, like, I think we can make some pretty fair assumptions that, like, you know, the production companies did not come out of this looking good at all, like based on their actions, the way they conducted themselves as businessmen and women, or like, you know, uh, you know, how things impact it. Like, I mean, to have to explain to your shareholders and board members and all that, like how this all could have been avoided if you didn't just act like such fucking children such yeah. fucking little assholes like and it's I, such like both, <laughs> both, of what, like both of what they they ended up giving like uh writers and what they'll you know because the actor strike is still going on so it's still not really over yeah uh but like well it's over terms, for me in terms of what they've both are like what the studios are going to end up giving up it's such a small percentage of their fucking overhead every year. You know what I mean? Like but they make that. That's the thing. It's that. like it, it's like the the writers are these lowly people. Like they're to these like. I mean, and this is just my take on it, and my take is based upon the way they act. It. It's yeah. their reactions to everything. It's like they feel that the these puny writers exist only to provide them with greater possession and wealth and like that's how they see it like yeah. i mean and i deduce that based on the way they've treated the writers you know what yeah. i mean because it was almost like like the one guy like basically all but said like quiet like how dare they have the audacity to pull this shit coming out of a global pandemic and all this like accusing them of like i, I was just like what the fuck yeah so like, yeah know, it's like they create all the con- without them like the actors have nothing to fucking read off of you know what yeah yeah, and then, exactly. And people will try to like complain to writer about like why things are like bad when it comes to like like why are we getting all these reboots or remakes or whatever? It's like that's not the writers. That's the studios going, "Hey, we can make money off this cuz it's a it's a pre-existing property." So we're going to have like writers write it and the writers just are getting paid paid to do their job like you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's not necessarily their fault if something's bad because they're so like you. We found out a lot of about studio. I mean, there we found out a lot about studio and um, you know, not influence, but you know, interference. You know, over the years, yeah. and, like you really find out about it this year of like how yeah. much they've been like, oh, do you re-? like especially like there's like because Greta Gerwig on uh, Barbie, like she's come out and said a lot of stuff. They're like. Hey, do you really need this scene? And she's like, "Yes, that makes the whole fucking movie." You know what I mean? Like, and if like she didn't like fight to get her way on some things, that's a completely different movie, and that doesn't necessarily make fucking like a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like yeah. you got writers and you got directors having to stand up for like the choices they make to these studios. Be like, hey, this is my artistic vision. I I get that it's your money, but like. If you want a good product that people are going to go see, it's like, just let us fucking do our thing. You guys have no creative, you're not in the creative business at all. Just, just write the fucking checks and get the fuck out of my way. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's so ridiculous that, that yeah, fucking, I mean, deal with I, that shit. and I mean, if you want to just look at it, if you want to look at it incredibly simplistic too, I mean, like we, I mean, we've seen countless films and television shows where like they had star studded casts. I watched one recently that I had just been talking to you about and like the actors were there, but like the writing simply was just terrible. And like, you can have the best actors in the world. And if they have nothing to say, they have no lines. The director is not able to, you know, bring everything together. Like everything falls apart. And so like the way I look at it, like, I hope that the actors strike, you know, uh, end soon as well. But if for some reason, all the actors were to just all drop dead now and we had to hit reset and all we had were the, you know, the excellent writing talent. I'm telling you, and I'm sure you probably see this like all the time in Los Angeles. There's a lot of hungry young actors that would, you know, give their, they would give a lot to, you know, make a name for themselves. So I'm not saying that like, you know, we would just have like Brad Pitts and Ryan Gosling's like, you know, coming out of the woodwork, you know, Margot Robbie, you know, obviously we're not going to just suddenly have that, but like it would grow back like pretty quickly. If you were to like sever all the writers and like, you know, have to have like a new crop of writers to like come up with their own original talent, that would be, a lot more difficult to do. So, I mean, I I just think that like, I don't know, people, I think we've really seen what the writers are worth now. I hope we have. And I just hope that the production companies, and I know I sound like an asinine, naive jerk off for saying this because we've said it so many times before, but I hope that maybe, maybe they're going to learn from this i know that's stupid i know that anybody listening is gonna be like what the fuck do you really think they ever learn have you not been like living in the world but i hope they just learn and remember this a little bit the next time this shit happens so that it can be maybe like a matter of days or weeks or maybe not at all maybe like back channel in like secret rooms before it even gets to the point of a strike. You know, I mean, there's a, I just, I don't know. That's my piece. Yeah. Because like towards the end of the uh, strike, we like I kept hearing about like these big name producers who I don't have on hand, but they were just like, they're in the room with the, the, the uh, producers guild, you know, the people that are in charge of that, like they're there like saying like, Hey, like let's fucking let's fucking make a deal you know what i mean like like you've been speaking for us this whole time and like you really and like you've been fucking it up like uh as well uh so it's like i think it was like a maybe a couple people from like netflix or like apple or some and maybe one or two other big production companies where it's just like enough is enough like we're not the ones fucking it up over here it's these other guys and then it's you guys not fucking agreeing to these fucking terms so let's fucking hash something out 
So. Yeah, like we, you, they couldn't have like just like hired like a negotiating team, like not necessarily like a team of lawyers, but they couldn't have like just hired like some kind of like nego- and basically said like this is where we'd like to get, this is like what we would accept, and like worst case scenario, this is as far we're we're willing to go. You you know, on our behalf, you negotiate with them and, you know, get back to us. But well, like that's, instead, that does not seem like what happened at all. No, but like, I mean, that's what the producers guild is supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, like they're supposed they, to be negotiating yeah. on behalf of the producers. And yeah, they took offense like to it. It was like, they took this shit personally. Like yeah. it was like they were being called out. That was not what these people were doing. Yeah. They were, you know, they knew that this shit was probably going to go to a strike. They knew that they were going to be out of work for a while. I mean, I talked to someone that had some knowledge inside and they all knew that like, you know, this was probably going to be very uncomfortable, but the producers, they just took it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this was the, I don't know if this was the act of like a few lone men or if this was like a big group where like they all got together, like, you know, all, like all the underlings from the companies came and talked to the producers and they all decided this, or if this was just like a few lone nuts. Cause it seemed like in the beginning, at least this was just like a few guys that took like a lot of offense, like, that the writers were like coming to them and like having the audacity to just demand like, you know, what they were actually worth or even a fraction of what they were worth really. Because until this, I didn't realize how badly they were served. Like I did not know how undervalued they actually were. I didn't even know that until like just a few weeks ago, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're um, just making a fraction of like, like you go, oh yeah. well, they're making good money, blah blah blah, and then when you realize like how much like the the producers are are making, or like how much the, the what the product that they like serve actually makes, you're like, oh, they're only getting a fucking fraction of what like. A fraction of a fraction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was when it was really put out to me, like, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, I had no idea. Like, I knew that there was a big discrepancy. There's always going to be a large discrepancy. I mean, every writer, they're not asking to be rich. Like, you know what I mean? They don't get into it thinking that they're going to become like, you know, a fucking like multimillionaire or anything like yeah, that. But like, to live. Yeah. I had no idea like how, like how, how some of the creative, like the things that they were able to amass for these production companies that was like just worth so much money. And they were receiving, like it was something like uh, 0.001, like when it was being broken down for me in terms of like what the writers were actually getting for their contribution. I mean, let's just suffice to say, I mean, I could go on all night like ranting about this, but they were really like, I mean, just compared to the actors and I know the actors have their grievances, but like, holy shit, were the writers getting decked. Like my goodness gracious. I mean, like, it's like, you know, 
I mean, Ronald McDonald, like, treated his workers a little bit better, I would say, <laughs> in, like, the you, grand scheme of things. You can kind of compare this to the uh, recent... <clears throat> I don't know if it's still going on, because I haven't really uh, kept myself in the loop with it, but the uh, car, uh, you know, manufacturers... Um, yeah, yeah. Like, going on there, because it's like, those guys were getting paid, like, you know a fraction of a fraction you know compared to what they were like making off of the sales of the cars you know what i mean so it's just like hey like you're making all this money off of what we built like uh, yeah i mean well i mean our fair share like that's i mean it's a little i mean in terms of like manual well in terms of manual labor i mean maybe they The main thing is, is I really don't know anything about the auto workers, so I'm not going to get into that because I'm totally ignorant of that whole situation. I hope it all works out and everything, but I just personally don't know anything about it. Um, I I know that it's starting to like get very political and stuff, and I mean, we've seen historically that generally doesn't go well in strikes when you get like national politics involved. <laughs> it yeah. usually doesn't help. You know, you know, we were talking about tweets and stuff like that. Well, oh boy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, uh, I just hope it all works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I can give you some of the details of what they've uh, ratified. Yeah, that's let's uh, let's see what what uh, did this all come to? Yeah, well, I can tell you this much: they uh, before the, the you know before they went on strike, they were asking for a sixteen percent raise over three years. They ended up getting a twelve point five pay increase. And see, this is something just real quick to stop you because I was debating this with other people who seem to not know. But this this was a, they were requesting a sixty percent raise, but it was over three years. Yeah, sixteen. So it was going to be 16. like an yeah, yeah, and it was going to be an it was going to be an incremental raise, and they also had to stay in good standing employed within the guild to get that. So they were going to still have to be very productive members. You know, they were going to have to keep working as hard, you know, like, and have to stay within good standings to get that. So this was going to be incrementally given to them over three years where they were going to have to maintain steady performance yeah, so, so the, I mean, uh, upon ratification they got an immediate five percent raise and then the next two years next year will be four percent and then the following year will be 3.5 percent so and so it'll be end up being yeah 12.5 over over the three years i think that 3.5 is a little low but i mean uh i'm looking at it from my perspective when i get paid hourly and i don't make that much 3.5 is is less than a dollar but yeah. uh, when you're making like uh you know oh, wait, i'm sorry did i say a 60 percent raise yeah. before yeah. yeah uh just one two yeah 16 yeah, <laughs> just, yeah sorry they asked for 16 and they only got 12.5 yeah yeah i had i had just noticed i was looking at the yeah i yeah i was not trying to say that they were asking for a 60 percent raise yeah. just but uh, in addition to the raises, uh, the writer secured a 76% increase in foreign streaming residuals. 
So uh, according to the WGA, this will increase their residuals from Netflix from 18,684 to 32,830 per single hour-long episode. So that's a pretty big uh, jump. Uh, Riders will also receive a viewership-based streaming bonus between 9,000 and 40,000, depending upon the length of the show or if the streaming feature has a budget of over 30 million. So um, the, that sounds track, like very common sense. Yeah, and to track the total viewership, uh, the Producers Guild agreed to share the total number of hours streamed domestically and internationally as long as they remain confidential between the two sides. So this won't be released publicly. So like, that's, I guess hey, that's, that's that's fair enough. That's fair yeah. enough. Uh, it's allowed to be uh, shared between union members, but only in aggregated form. So I mean it. I, I can understand why they don't want to release the numbers. So that way, when they cancel something, there isn't a big uproar of like, hey, we all watched this. Like, why did you cancel it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I have sort of like selfish reasons why I kind of like to know that stuff just personally. I yeah. But I, I understand like why. But like for me personally, like if, you know, I ran the world, I'd want to know all about that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I would want my viewers to know. It, it, I like, yes, I would numbers as well. Like, and if you canceled it, something because it had high streaming numbers, then just be like, "Hey, the show was too expensive," or like we couldn't, you know, come to an agreement with like what. Oh, we to dude, you, do, you, you oh, now who's acting naive? Now you, you honestly think anybody's gonna admit like? Oh, we ran into an error. Like we didn't like foresee the budget being this high. No, no, no. no it wasn't like of foreseeing the budget being high, but it's just like you know, like they could like just be like, hey, that like it's more than we want to spend. You know what I mean? So we're canceling that shit. Yeah, but that would be incredibly honest. Yeah, that's a lot. What that's like. Well, they're not releasing the numbers either. So I'm saying yeah, like, that's I never would, ever. Yeah. I would want to be open, more open about it. But only company I know who sort of did that. Well, no, they. Well, after a number of years, HBO admitted to that. Um, after uh, the second season of the disaster that was initially a good show, Rome. HBO like redid its whole like business model and I mean you saw like cancellations like uh Carnival Deadwood I mean the cancellation of Deadwood how good that was doing that's like unthinkable these days like that yeah. there's no way in a million years like that was shocking back then that would be like the um first signs of the apocalypse if Deadwood <laughs> would be to get canceled after a third season now the way that show was trending but like HBO did come out afterwards like some years later and said that um because of the cancellation of Rome there's like an actual documentary you can watch if anybody uh is interested what well, HBO goes into like how they were they saw everything. They saw why things failed. They saw like how, you know, to, I don't know, balance their budgets, how their hiring practices and everything. And they figured out like a formula 
which allowed them to then soar to the heights of like Game of Thrones. I mean, you want to talk about a show that cost a lot of fucking money to make. Yeah. Multiple different filming locations, like actors, travel, all that shit. Like HBO is probably the only company I know that could have pulled that off. I mean, unless you were to go to like, I don't know, Fox and Rupert and Murdoch. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, nowadays Apple or Amazon can like throw that. Nowadays, but not that when time, not no. when HBO started yeah. it. Oh, not, no, yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, HBO, yeah. nobody else could. Yeah, I'm yeah, now. No. Now but and yeah, now I mean, but and also you would have to have the vision too. I mean, yeah. you would have to sell the company that you had this vision and that it was going to be awesome. And I guess like some of the credit would have to go to George R. R. Martin that they had five seasons of outline to produce after they presented the first season and they showed how well they were able to, you know, adapt it from the book that, you know, suddenly got a lot of people hard ons and they were like, all right, this could really be something special, but I don't want to sidetrack too hardcore. I just want to point out because I criticized you, HBO did actually basically come out and said exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Like, yes, we're sorry. We know the show's popular, but like, you know, the cost has just gotten cataclysmic and we're not able to do this anymore. So we are ending Rome in a very inaccurate, <laughs> upsettingly yeah. horrible way. But again, they didn't come out and really say this until years later. Yeah. And I mean, so. they even offered uh, Game of Thrones guys uh, more time and money. You know. Yeah, we've we we've gone through that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more time. Like, yo, look, with season eight, like we get it. We're asking a lot. You got to compress all these plot lines until like one final season. So take your time. With the budgets there, <laughs> we had, yeah, and what happened happens still. So yeah, I guess yeah, I think there's a lot of other uh, outside, like you know, all these yeah, other side they're... deals they were making. They just kind of want yeah. to get it done. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so the other thing that they uh, um, that the writers were able to get was mandatory staffing requirements, which like the AMPT was just like no before. What but, does uh, that mean? Can you define that yes. a little bit? Better? So according to the union, the studios must hire at least three writer producers, uh, including the showrunner for guaranteed 10 ex- consecutive weeks of work during the development of a series also yes. called a development room. Yes. Uh, so this way they can't just like, you know, bring somebody in and then like have them write like a rough outline and then like, you know, take their product and then like hire some new writers to like, you know, flesh it out or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, well, those- there's even more that I, I became educated about this, like actually uh, more recent. I, I did not realize how much like went into a certain young lady who hopefully we'll be talking to at some point in the not too distant future pointed out, but like, that's really big. Like that is really important. Yeah. And, and- once this project product project, the, once the projects yeah. are green with it, the minimum of writers increases to five once the series reaches seven episodes. So like if it's greenlit and then it gets to the seventh episode, like they get they can uh, add another uh, writer to the uh, to the show. Um, Hi, this is Netflix, you're greenlit. 
Yeah, and then teams working on shows with 13 or more episodes will receive another writer. Uh, the WGA dubbed this uh, facet of the pr- production as post-greenlit rooms. So Ooh. these projects come with at least 20 weeks guaranteed work or the post-green room dur- duration, whichever is shorter. So that's why you'll see like a lot of like series will only be like, oh, it's only going to be like eight episodes or ten episodes. It's going to be like, uh, like, I mean, they already do that now, but it'll be to, uh, to get around like having to pay for another writer to add on to the show. Yeah, I can kind of understand why all this wasn't in place a few years ago, because like with the pen, I mean, it's just the streaming boom has really changed everything. Yeah. And with all this shit now, you basically need to have something like that. And like, without that, it's just like, there's just no point. Yeah. And like, to have like the same writers on the project the whole time is going to yeah. benefit that project so much. You know what I mean? Compared to I like, mean, I, you know, he, rotating writers throughout yeah, the season. Yeah. Exactly. It makes you think that, like, I I know, like, the streaming boom was, like, really crazy. I mean, I've lost track of the streaming services. I mean, I made jokes about this, like, a few years ago, and you were like, it's not that bad. But, like, now, I mean, it's everybody, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can open, if you have the money, like, you could open up a streaming service in your garage. Yeah, everybody was, like, looking at Netflix during the the big boom, and then they were like, we could have our own, and now they're like, they're going like oh wait uh we all can't make as much as the one streaming service that was making everything so uh, yeah but like now, you uh, think that they would have had to put that you would think when all these services start coming out like i mean you would hope that one would just think that it would be common sense to put something like that in place so that you keep and retain the writers yeah. to the project. Like you just like, uh, you know, simplified, but like somehow they like, I don't understand like how they did not think to do that. Like how they thought that like rotation works well in the world of European football, yeah, but I think not... A, I think it had a lot to do with, like, the way the patients were <laughs> that they had, they didn't have to, like, they if they paid somebody for one day, it would be less than paying, and then paying another person for, like, four or five more days, it's going to cost them less than to pay one person for ten days, you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, so, well, I, I mean, they had like figured that that way around it or whatever. But uh, yeah, this seems yeah. like a very good thing for the writers and uh, hopefully a good thing for shows overall. Yeah, uh, that's so. it's going to be a good thing for us. Yeah, it's going to be a good thing for them. It's going to be a good thing for everybody because we're going to get better, more coherent quality content. And, you know, people are going to pay more to see that the produ- the companies are going to make more Then the writers get a fair piece. And the writers are actually motivated to write and come up with like better content and not just like, you know, like, you know, uh, what's that line of office space when, um, Ron Livingston says something like, you know, uh, getting paid this much makes you work only hard enough not to get fired. Yeah. You know, something sort of like that, because, you know, you see a lot of like mediocre dead shit. Like this gives the writers an incentive to really let it rip. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, <sighs> what else? Uh, well, the final uh, sticking point that they uh, had released, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of other details that uh, they, they, you know, haven't um, talked about. What, even if I had all that, I probably wouldn't go into it because it's a lot. But, oh uh, yeah, we um, yeah. If it's like real, like technical, like yeah, I'm not saying like yeah, in yeah. paragraph three, section seven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the uh, final main thing was uh, was AI. So uh, originally, um, you know, uh, the writers wanted protection, and the studios were like, "No, nah, we'll have an annual meeting to discuss the advancements in technology." Well, this is a clear and present danger now because like they they have been demonstrating it and it's been I think that there's there's actually I think there's multiple lawsuits about like people claiming AI and a studio saying no we didn't and then they were saying yes you did i don't know i'll look more into it and i could talk more about it in a future cast if i can cite the source but i think that there's have and i'm pretty sure that people are aware that there has been plagiarism yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure there's like straight up books that have been like yeah. released that were like under an author's name but, the author was like yeah i never wrote this shit like what are you talking yeah. about yeah but I, what i was talking about was like integration into shows like you know because you can take like basically like um a writer's writing style and his ideas and you can use ai to yeah. basically artificially add on to like where he was going like i don't know how the fuck it's done i mean it seems like ai is actually really getting into the point where like the growth is just like exponential every day like yeah. i'm hearing something more about like oh you can do this now you can do this now so for like the writers like this shit was like happening So, like, I'm real glad that they got AI protections in there. But, like, I still, it's still not going to be total protection. Well, I can tell you what it is. uh, First, AI cannot write or rewrite any literary literary material, and AI-generated material cannot be considered source material under this current deal. That's what's in the current deal. But, like, what I was inferring, though, they're still going to try to cheat, you would assume. Yeah, right. Well, the WGA said that this would prevent the material for undermining credits or other rights <laughs> guaranteed to writers. However, the rules do not bar writers from using AI to help with their work if a company allows it if they follow its policies. The studio cannot require a writer to use AI software. The studios also must inform writers if any of the materials they receive are AI-generated or contained AI-generated material. Finally, the WGA reserves the right to assert that exploitation of writers' material to train AI is prohibited by NBA or any other law. Oh, so, man, this is going to be like steroids and baseball. I think that's, um, a, so, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of protections, I think. Basi- and, but and basically, for three years, and then they can renegotiate again. So, but but I think it's basically like awesome. the writers were telling the producers, we don't want you guys using AI on our work. And then the producers were also saying to the writers, we don't you want you guys being lazy and using AI to generate any work. Is am I getting that correctly, or do I have things like mixed up here? It says like uh, 
they don't bar the writers from using AI to help with their work. So I assume like that like, is vague as fuck. Yeah, by help I assume like you know you know like <laughs> more of an editing product project, but not necessarily like a um, you know like write the story for me or whatever. But again, if they do that, they have to like get permission from the company to do that, and it would still be their credit. But how would they know if AI can be so randomly generated and is literally evolving at like an exponential scale where like every week, like some new breakthrough has come out? Like, how would you ever really know? Because they would have to prove that you were using AI to do all that. And there would be, unless like, Unless they were able to like tap into like all their like the equipment that they were using to was like monitored by the studio or something so that they could see like everything that they were like coming. So I don't know. It would have to like record like what they use the AI like it would have to go into like some kind of like. Um, external server storage where they were able to look at like the AI references or citations or the generations, whatever algorithm, so that they could like have some kind. I'm just trying to think like, you know, out of my ass maybe, but like I'm trying to think like how could you actually prove that if it's done cleverly, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Cause I feel like right now <clears throat> you can still kind of tell if something was like, yeah. Written, but right like now, said, like you said, it like changes by the day. So by yeah. the day, literally. Yeah. So like, ah, uh, but it's over, man. Yeah. So it's I'm finally like, fucking it, over. It still seems like they got a lot of, a lot of good protections. So uh, yeah, no. On paper, I think that they did exceptionally well. Yeah. It just sucks that this shit really could have been done in less than thirty days if everybody was just acting like adults. And um, you know, but I'm not blaming the writers for any of that. That yeah. is solely. <laughs> On the hands of the uh, companies, let, like let's, this let's was their mess. Let's hope <clears> that <throat> the uh, actors uh, get like their uh, AI protections as well. If they don't get anything, I mean, if they don't get nearly as much as they want it, I think that's going to be the main thing. Is that those AI protections are a big sticking sure. point. Um, they had, uh, the actors also had recently um, said that they were going to go on strike against video game companies if they didn't come to. A I point. did hear something about that too, but uh, they've I been saying they that for a while now. They have well, they have to the end of the month before that uh, <clears throat> before that strike would go through. So they still have a yeah. little bit of time. But they've, they've been talking about that for they've been talking about that for a few years though, and it seems like it always is like yeah we're talking about it and like you know but it so far it hasn't but i mean hey everybody's going on strike right now so you know if you're gonna go on strike i guess this is the time to go on strike like you know uh while the iron's hot like you know like uh cd project the uh 
uh, Polish game developers. Um, yeah, there, there's there... been a bunch of layoffs, like nine percent of the CD Projekt Red staff. Uh, so yeah, well, they... deservingly so. I mean, they fucked themselves up. Like they did a terrible job. Like they, I mean, that whole like mess with releasing games that weren't finished, that weren't even playable but on is any that system. The developers' fault, or is that the that was widely taken as the company's fault. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah. I'm saying the uh, the since they laid off, like, they will like, never be trusted again. Like yeah. they are, they are despised, and yeah, and a lot of the hatred is probably misplaced. But like, I mean, yeah, the, the company. I mean, it was definitely the company's fault, like one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just saying the point I'm trying to make is that because of the layoffs, that the game developers uh, decided to um, form a union. So they are the uh, the Polish Game Dev Workers Union. Oh, that's piss. Yeah. It said this event. Oh, I created this. This event created a tremendous amount of stress and insecurity, affecting our mental health. And leading to the creation of the union in the, in response. Yeah, I bet it did affect their fucking mental health, man. People were pissed the fuck off about cyberpunk. I have a buddy who still has not gotten over that. Oh man, because they released uh, the new update plus the uh, plus the uh, DLC, and now it's like the game that it should have been when it when it came out. Oh, is apparently it? Apparently, it's it's uh, sold more. Uh, and made more money than The Witcher Three, so no shit. Yeah, How about yeah, I that? mean, it took them three years to turn it around, but they they finally have. So they find. Well, I mean, some people have said that through like um the on the PC platform, like uh, in the Nexus mods, like a lot of like uh, modders had like like a lot of the gripe was from console users, but like, it, yeah. Hey, it was bad on all platforms, but yeah. like, uh, at least on PC, you had like some ways to remedy it on console. You know, you're just like fucked with whatever you get. Like, yeah, you I, know, still, you I would say more. it was bad up until like early this spring <laughs> when they, when, when they uh, finally put out a big update and then it got like good. And now it's like, just gotten like, they've kind of like, perfected it i just i just hate the fact that like that company like who brought us the i mean i played the first witcher the second witcher the third witcher was i mean i well that's a whole nother top well i mean it kind of leads us into a topic but like um I love that company. You know, I thought that they were one of the best developers out there. But like at this point, though, there is always going to be skepticism about them. Like they will have to rebound and come back like uh, with several more games before anybody completely trusts them again. They are like really hated. And I think like a lot of hate is probably misplaced because people feel like that the developers are the ones that like just push this out. But like they have bosses that had them on a timetable and said, you know, we need our shit when, you know, we say, and like, they'll be like, well, it's not done. And developers will be like, 
put it out there, we'll fix it with patches. Yeah. You know, this is stuff you can't do with like, you know, like you can't like do that like with television. You know what I mean? You can do that sort of with games, but like this has been like a thing that they've been doing with games for a while now, releasing them early before they're done and then trying to fix them on the fly. It just doesn't work. But, yeah. you know, I mean, that's... At, least, at least with video games, you can... <clears throat> eventually fix them unlike yeah. movies that get rushed and put out too early you can't really yeah. fix you them, can't so, yeah you yeah. can't go back in i mean unless like, you're like well i mean according to steven spielberg and uh george lucas you can you can like go back and add in all that shit like years later like yeah. when he's like well you know when i first you know my vision for the movie when i was making it was something totally different man and yeah. like all that crazy like you know that's basically the modders like he came in and modded his shit years or, later uh, or Zack tech- Snyder with uh justice league they gave him <laughs> more money to go, fin- to go finish that movie so yeah <laughs> So yeah, I guess if you were to look at like the video game equivalent to what we're talking about, that's about as close as I could say it would be like uh, George Lucas, like going in there and putting in the CGI edited crap, like yeah. modding his old shit. Like, but anyway, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's about it with the writer strike. Do you have uh, any uh, final words there? Any uh, words of wisdom? Anything you wish? that the writers maybe should have also gotten or do you think that uh everything has come to like a pretty amicable outcome uh it seems pretty good from what i've read that at least they what they've released uh, again like they didn't release yeah. like every single detail and i probably wouldn't go through it anyway but i mean it seems like they're happy so that then i'm happy that's how yeah I feel. like so everybody seems happy. I guess the only thing I would say is let's see what happens one year from now. I want to see, you know, if everybody, you know, because like, like you said, you know, they haven't put, well, obviously not everything's going to be put out. Like, you know, there's going to be some things that are going to be uh, private, but like at the rate things are going, I'm just, I'm interested to see where we're going to be a year from now. And I hope we're going to be in a great place. I hope this is going to, you know, still everybody's going to be working and happy and everything's going to be good. But I just, I don't know. I have like, uh, I have some like real skepticism about like the future. I don't know. Yeah, I still feel like the next like six months to a year is still going to be shit that they, you know, had to stop production on and then yeah production so like because some stuff that was supposed to come out this year we're not going to get till next year so it might almost be two years before we really start to see the effects i i think yeah and i think yeah when we start to see the effects how much is it going to change like the whole dynamic of like a show that like you know was between seasons or a show that was like about to finish a season or something like that when the strike went on and there was just like nothing or maybe like new writers had to come in or who's to say there's a lot of like heady stuff that might have been in the production pipe that we may not even ever say 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they did end up canceling some things. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, who knows? But anyway, um, that's all I got. Uh, Yeah, that's all I have. Uh, Do we have a a little bit of time to go through what's coming out on this Friday, uh, Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th. There's there's a couple new things that I know you're excited for. uh, For starters, uh, Mike Flanagan's uh, final series for Netflix, The Fall of of the House of Usher. The Fall of House of the... Wait, that's the, um... The, uh... The, 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 the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, is that... Is that going to be a... That's not... That's a... That's not a series, though. Yes. Uh, Eight-episode limited series based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe. And it's about like you know. I thought it was. I thought it was a film. Empire. No, no. Is it going to be a full length season, or is it only going to be like a mini series where it's like just a few episodes? It's eight episodes. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yes, I just told you. <laughs> yeah, you did just told me. I know. I thought it, for some reason I thought it was a film. No. Yeah. No, 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 I forget what next uh, film he had coming up. I don't have that on hand, but you know, this it's uh, it's so, his, this is his last series for Netflix. Hell House and Bly Manor, and now he's topping off with this and Midnight Mass and so, Midnight Mass. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So yeah, this is his last one before his uh, deal with Amazon. I think it was. And this is just about the see uh, now. I, it's going to kind of haunt you in your mind though is like is this shit going to be have gotten like diluted because of the writer's strike is there going to be like uh this was yeah this was filmed this was finished so there will be no impact from anything no yeah yeah so this is going to be okay i think by the time the uh actor strike had come on they were already done and they were in post-production so so this is coming out the time it was naturally supposed to anyway. Yeah. There was no hold up or anything like that. This no. is just like There's natural progression. Be an October release. Yeah. Gotcha. I, all, I just didn't. Things, yeah. How the fuck did I not know it was an eight episode series? I thought it was a film. I thought his next project was a film. Huh. Maybe his um, next, maybe his next project. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I thought I thought it was I thought it was supposed to be. I thought he was doing a movie or something. They're like a like a two part thing or something like that. I did not know it was eight episodes, but that's awesome. I'm even more stoked now. Yeah, um, and then coming to Hulu, uh, actually that that Fall House Usher is on uh, comes out Thursday the twelfth. So, uh, but then. Um, on Hulu, there's a original documentary series, <coughs> Inside, uh, America's Most Extreme Haunted House. Um, it says an original documentary about the McCammy Manor, but I'm pretty sure I've seen another documentary about it because I definitely have seen interviews with this guy and seen some behind the scenes uh, about it. It's pretty much like legalized torture. <laughs> like, because like, like, they're allowed like to watch, the, like the hostel yeah. things that happen in Slovakia where you can like pay to go and like torture someone of like um like a certain descent like American or German or Irish or like something like that yeah yeah very much you like go in but no you're going and you pay like this haunted house to torture you or whatever 
Oh, so it's like a bondage and submission type thing? Uh, not quite. That Wait, you possibly. go and pay the house? Yeah, like you go to pay like a haunted house, but instead of like, you know... Well, like who do you, one... you give the money like directly to the house? Like you just put it down and be like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go disrobe. Please <laughs> let me have it. <laughs> no, it's like... It's, There's it's, a guy at the house that takes your money, and then you go inside, and they torture you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, Why would extreme, you want that? It's like is it like sexual in nature? Is it no, like an erotic no. thing? No, it's it's a haunted house, but like instead of you know one you can walk through and nobody's gonna touch you, like they can not only touch you, but like they can like you know restrain you and shit like that, and like oh, you know, but it's not like. like Cutting, like, your eye out or, like, flaying your, you know, flesh or something, like, skinning you alive or no, something. No, like, they, they, it's they, just, they, like, they, you don't, they don't torture you. They just uh, can, they, like, get a little physical with you. They see how far they can like, push them. Maybe slap you around a little bit like that. It's not, like, pulling out teeth and shit. No, but there's probably some waterboarding and shit involved. I don't know. You'll have to find out on the, on the, on the documentary. We, we're all going to have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you said pay the house. <laughs> pay the house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what else? Uh, Creep Show is uh, back in <coughs> season four on uh, AMC Plus and Shutter uh, with six episodes. Uh, I've liked what I've seen for for the most part of that series. I, I just caught that uh, scene where uh, ten uh, where Ted Danson was. Um, which I don't know what you call it, but when you uh, film up to his neck in sand and you let the tide roll in, you know that oh, scene. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was Creep Show too. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I I had just caught that scene the other day, and I was like, oh, Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been enjoying the the TV series for the most part. Um, and I'll I'll, I'll check out the uh, six new episodes of this, uh, and then um. Oh, let's see. What else do we have? Is there any actual Friday the 13th news on no. Friday the 13th? I, mean, uh, I know there's talks of Blumhouse wants to do uh, a Friday the 13th movie, but it's just like them being Yeah, like, but it's just, yeah. Hey, we got to do this. No yeah. news. No yeah, news. No news, yeah. So, so no news is good news uh, for the TV series then so far if they're still working on that. I mean, yeah. at least they can get back to writing it now. Yeah, true, true that, true that. Uh, there's a brand new Goosebumps uh, TV series uh, coming out on Disney Plus and Hulu that that'll be on Friday. Uh, Justin, your boy Justin Long's in it. Oh, Justin Long, yeah. yeah, he is my bo- man. I'd like to talk to him about a lot of things. Yeah, do do you think he'll uh, make it through? Because he tends to get uh pretty uh fucked up or murdered in uh, Dude, if, it, if it's up to him he's not living through that yeah. <laughs> you know it depends on like you know how much like creative liberty he was given like yeah. if he was allowed to like you know have a say in the writing of his character He's definitely dead in a terrible way. <laughs> or, or, or turned into a walrus or something again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's not, yeah. If he lives, it's going to be badly. Yeah, if, but, he, no, if he if lives by just, the end of it, he's definitely gone through some torture throughout the yeah, show and he's not yeah, the same person he yeah, is by yeah, the end of it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, if you haven't seen it of this Friday the 13th, check out Tusk. Yeah. You will not be disappointed. Maybe you will be extremely disappointed. I was not. But yeah. um, or or I Barbarian, also, the last movie he was in, or uh Yeah, pretty much oh, any, yeah. any any horror movie he's been in. He does not he yeah, he, he likes to go out badly. Yeah. Uh then uh There was one that, more, right? The yeah, no, there's a um Scream box, which is like another like shutter type uh thing. There's an anthology style horror uh called HeBGB TV. It's a hyper anth- hyperactive anthology about a multi-dimensional cable box that makes its way exclusively to Scream box. So I guess it's like uh two siblings discover a mysterious package on their porch and are taken to- on a wild channel surfing journey through a world of television mayhem. So I guess that's like kind of the wraparound, kind of like the Crypt Keeper part of it. It's like, oh, this is some like sh- shows or movies from another dimension. And then like, you know, they show you whatever the, the short. Yeah. Is. Yeah. So that, that could be interesting. Uh, I, I watched the VHS 85 that came out recently on a uh, shutter. I was, I was just thinking about the VH. Well, the more re well, not very recent, but like, I guess when was that? Like, was that like 2012 was the, uh, first one or v, the VHS, uh, the one with the vampire check. Yeah, I think no, that was that, the first one. I like you. Yeah, it was either the first or second one. I thought the I thought the, I like kind of liked some of actually I liked some of them in, in each one. There was only like maybe two that I thought were decent in the in eighty five. I haven't seen ninety four yet, uh, but yeah, I thought eighty five was kind of weak. Like yeah, so but oh, well, I like the I like the one I saw. I I don't know uh, which one that was. I didn't realize that there were multiples. Yeah, um, I think there's like four or five now. Yeah, I, I, I just, I like the one I saw. I actually met someone that was in that movie, but, like, I don't think she actually had any dialogue. I think she was just, like, a background character. I can't remember, but, yeah, okay. like, they were just, I think they were, like, an add-in or something for it, but, anyway. Um, the uh, last thing I have is there is a... Uh, a new Peacock series from John Carpenter called uh, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams that also comes out on Friday. It's an unscripted series that features an episode directed by Carpenter himself. So Wait, uh, he, he hasn't done something like that before. I feel like I've heard of Suburban Screams before or some, maybe it was just something like very similar. Uh, like I feel, I feel like there's already been something called that. Well, this series explores the darkened secrets and unspeakable evil that sometimes lurks beneath the surface of the sun-drenched streets, manicured lawns, and friendly neighborhoods in suburbia. Uh, Each episode focuses on one true tale of horror told by the real people who live through it. I'm sorry. I was thinking of suburban science. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. (laughs) Their first-hand accounts are brought to life through <laughs> premium cinematic scene work, news clips, home photos, and archival footage, combining the visual language of horror films with the tools and techniques of documentaries, creating a uniquely frightening experience for viewers. Sounds like VHS. Uh, yeah, no, no, it sounds more like um, 
unsolved mysteries or something like that where it's which like, was more like vhs no uh, sounds to me like vhs vhs was all fake you know nothing was like hey these are based on true stories at all you know what i mean it well like, oh we found this hey, videotape and these are, are you sure that they weren't <laughs> uh but this is more like hey these are real people telling their story and then we're just doing reenactments but then it's also mixed in with like real archival footage and other things. So yeah, I would say it's, it's close to like, I mean, again, I haven't really watched, I haven't seen it yet cause it's out on Friday. Uh, but yeah, it sounds more like an unsolved mysteries or uh, something like that. But uh, yeah, and there's six episodes in the series and he directed one of them called the phone. And Book. all of these come out on Friday the 13th. Yeah, all the things I just listed, they all come out either Thursday night or Friday the 13th. So Sick. Well, yeah, I mean, that'll give, yeah, that's, that'll definitely give me something doing Friday. Usually on Friday the 13th, I watch Friday the 13th, but maybe this year I'll do something different. I usually uh, rotate through like a different random episode, but we always, for some reason, seem to watch Friday the 13th part five on Friday the 13th, which is kind of weird because it's the only one where Jason technically isn't in the movie. Oh, so it's sort of like, but I mean, I gotta say, I thought part five was one of the best. I mean, you don't know. It's not Jason until the very end. That's true. You know what I mean? And I mean, he acts like Jason. I mean, that dude, he really puts the Jason and Jason. Like when Jason comes back, like, you know what I mean? Like he was just like, you know, I, he had a lot to live up to because that dude was ripping shit in his place. I thought Friday 13th part five was great. A new beginning. It was fucking good. But yeah, technically it's not Jason doing the killing, but you don't know until like the last like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, my favorites are probably, uh, Jason lives in final chapter and then, But Jason Lives is Jason what, lives. like, well, Final Chapter is my favorite. But, yeah. like, you know, Jason Lives is, like, Jason came back and, like, he was just, like, in fucking, that's what I mean. He had to, like, live up to what, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, the first Friday the 13th I actually ever saw was I got snuck into it. I believe it came out on Halloween. I was only, like, I don't even think I was 10 years old. I went to see Friday the 13th part seven in theaters on Halloween. I got snuck into it and it was with like this friend's family and his parents were like not good parents. Yeah. It was the one where the chick has like the mental telepathy and stuff. I'm pretty, I saw it in theaters. I'm pretty sure it was opening night and I believe it was Halloween. I'm, I'm almost certain it was opening night and I believe it was on Halloween. I'm not, I could be wrong about opening night or Halloween, but I definitely saw it like, um, I, it scared the fucking shit out of me. Um, 
yeah, I was not ready for it. <laughs> but like, I was lucky because like, you know, I had a friend who had really bad parents that were like addicted to drugs and shit like that. And they would just like bring their kids into R rated horror movies. <laughs> like, you know, so yeah, I mean, it worked for me. I just was like, wow, your parents are really fucking weird. Why are they acting like that? Like, yeah. you know, Oh yeah. My dad's on cocaine. <laughs> yeah. It's normal. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the eighties, man. It was the eight. I, I think he came out in like 87, 88, you know? Yeah. His father was just a man of the times. He's yeah. dead now. By the way. <laughs> but anyway, well, thank you for joining us. It's been a hoot and um, we will be back very soon. And uh, we're going to be talking about some Witcher, right? We're going to, we got some Witcher. Some Witcher that we got from, and then we'll have. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, we got a whole. Yeah, yeah, we, we have a whole lineup. fucking plethora of pinatas of shit coming at you. Yeah. So uh, it was good to see you again, buddy. It's been a while. And, uh, you know, everybody keep it, uh, you know, keep it fucking gully. All right. Peace. All right. Later on. <laughs>